Welcome to the Volley Pod, where we're all about coaching kids volleyball. With drills, skills, and scenarios, we keep things fast, fun, and effective. Presented by the Art of Coaching Volleyball, the Volley Pod is your new source for coaching information. Good morning and welcome to the Volley Pod. How are you today, Todd? Davis, I'm doing well. How are you? How's the family? What's, doing, what's the latest? What's I'm the latest? doing great. Charlie's, Charlie's doing jump training. She's yelling. <laughs> jump training. She's in a little, I, I do a little one, two, three. <laughs> okay. So a little jump training. Okay, all right. Got some jump training going. That's good. Got to work yeah. on the verticals. Never, never. It's never too early. Never too early. <laughs> No, she's doing great. Yeah, I mean, she's talking up with storms. Not not talking, more like verbalizing, you know, so stuff's coming out real loud, but she's right. cute as a button. Very um, cool. Yeah, we got some cool stuff coming up, though, especially this uh, yeah, virtual Yeah, so virtual clinic. clinic is getting close. It's just uh, December 3rd is going to be here before we know it, and we said we're going to talk about a different coach each time. Who do we, we got this time? We yeah. have uh, a coach. I don't know him. His name is Eric Vogt. Okay. And he was at uh, Sports Performance, and now he's at First Alliance. Great class. And he has two sessions going on. Those two are uh, adjusting your block based on your level and players. And I think that's a good one because blocking is so complex. And how do you start with the beginners? Yes. Uh, and then the second one he's doing is maximizing practice time with player-run drills. And I that know we, so cool. we, we love that one. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to both those. And I'm fortunate enough to get to uh, moderate and field questions and ask some questions myself at the end. So that's the December 3rd. Check it out on the AOC website. So cool. Virtual yeah. Clinic. Lots of great topics. That's going to be awesome. Yep. Should so, be fun. Right on. So today you got the skill. I have a skill. So what are we talking about today? I'm actually building on what you had last week. So okay. you talked about, you kind of narrowed it into scoring from the pins. I'm looking at it a little more holistically. Okay. And the topic today is raising your team's attacking efficiency. Okay. Okay. And first I'm going to make a case for this is important. Oh, yeah. And if we look at kind of my coaching in the past maybe five to ten years, this is something that I've made a priority and I think it's paid off. Okay. Uh, I think I'm doing a better job with this now than I've ever done, and I think it's yielding uh, positive benefits. Okay. Uh, hitting efficiency, attacking efficiency is the most important statistic. And why do we say that? Well, first of all, what is it? And so attacking efficiency, we get kills minus errors over total attacks. And we see that now with every college score, you'll see it broken down in the box score, you'll see it broken down by each set who won the set and what their hitting attacking efficiency was in each set. Yeah. And I went back and in prep for this, okay. I went back and I looked and I couldn't find one. I looked through a bunch of Texas matches, even though you know they just lost to Iowa, uh, Iowa State. Every game in that five set match, whoever had the highest hitting efficiency won. Yeah, a lot of times that is, that's the discerning yep. factor, right? So it's so important. Yeah. You, can, you, know, you can go two ways. You can say, hey, we have to raise ours or we have to lower our opponents. And right. so today, I want to talk about how to raise your team's hitting efficiency. And it can apply to all levels, even okay. the beginning level. Okay. Apply to all levels. So, cool. first of all, I think it's philosophy. Okay. And that is teach your players about attacking efficiency. Okay. Even very young players. Hey, 
this is how attackers are measured. Okay, if you're a Little League baseball player, you know about a batting average. I know about a batting average when I was a Little League baseball player. Do our young players know about hitting efficiency? I don't think so. We should teach yeah, them. That's a good and point. so philosophy, hey, you have to know that's important. Along with that, a little about bias and what we call the availability heuristic <laughs> or the vividness memory bias yes. because players will remember the best kill. Yes. And that will be their judge of who the best hitter is, whether that's on their own team or on the opponent's team. And we want to teach if, if some player on the opponent's team jumps up and goes over a block and hits the ball straight down, it bounces out the ceiling three times. <laughs> we have to say, hey, that's a kill. That's and one. it's one point. Right. And we have to treat it as such. Right. And if she makes two errors, then she's hitting negative. It doesn't matter that she put a hole in the floor. It doesn't matter. Right. That's because, a good point. hey, we just won two points and they only won one. Get as many as you can get. Don't get the best one, necessarily. Exactly. Yes. So we need to be able to evaluate ourselves and our opponents in a realistic way. That's super. And so stay away from that bias. So those first two things, philosophy-wise, is we're teaching all the players, young, old, whomever. Uh, next, I think the second part from philosophy is into tactics. Okay. Tactics. Teach, risk, reward, good or bad errors. I love it. And so we have rules that, hey, a bad set will never be a reason for an error. So the worse set you get, the more conservative you have to be, put the ball in play. The set should never determine, oh, it was a bad set, I made an error. No, your job, if you want to get set, your job is to put the ball in play. I love that. Otherwise, we're setting the wrong person, which takes us back to actually even, I, I, I forgot to say one thing about attacking efficiency. Uh, when we first teach players that, we're going to set players who have the highest efficiency. We're not right. setting everybody equally. Right. And we start that from the, the youngest ages. Yeah. Hey, we're going to set you, hey, you're the, hey, you have the highest efficiency, we're going to set you more balls. You want to be a, you want a hitter? You like, you like to get set, Davis? I do. Okay. You like <laughs> to really get set? Do. Then have a high efficiency. <laughs> That's right. Because our philosophy is a three-word philosophy. It's feed the monster. So if you have uh, like the highest efficiency, we're going to set you a bunch monster. of balls. Yeah. And so cool. it's an incentive for players to hit with a high efficiency. I like that. We'll set them more often. That's right. I like that. Okay. Uh, secondly, we want to get swings, but don't be stupid. Okay. So we're trying to get swings. Can we take that ball that's high and get our feet there? Do a big approach, jump hard, but maybe not hit hard. Right. Put the right. ball in play, and but a lot of balls that uh, we can get our feet to and hit, and that will lead to keeping teams out of system. And that kind of combines with um, our efficiency and lowering the other team because we're not giving them a bunch of free balls. If I could jump in real quick there, I love that one because I see so many free balls when the set's not perfect. And it's like, if oh. you're just putting their efficiency up and yours down and it's yep. just exactly. We gotta get swings, yeah, you gotta, gotta swings. get swings. Yeah. And once again, you get a swing, you throw it in the middle of the court, good things happen, ball twizzles off the block, a bunch of you know good stuff can happen. Yeah. On the other hand, we've talked about being stupid. We have a rule, no balance, no swing. Okay. If you want to swing, you've got to be balanced. Okay. Okay. Uh, That's a good one. Other tactic for us is we use a back row attack to get out of trouble. Mm -hmm. We don't use it to score. Okay. And so I don't want any mistakes out of the back row. Okay. The reason being that I don't think, I think it's hard to score unless you have just a, a great arm. And what I'm saying is kind of, you know, 
girls' high school. Right. It's hard to score from the back row unless you just have, you know, a, a very rare arm. Right. Uh, so we don't want to make any errors out of the back row. And we think it's, hey, the reward is lower because most teams are going to dig that ball, so we don't want to make any errors. Mm -hmm. So we, we don't look to really score necessarily. Put them out of system. We'll hit balls in the, you know, 6-1 seam. Sometimes the setter takes off, ball lands for a kill, great. Right. But we're not saying, oh, you got to... Get, you got to bury balls from the back row because we don't put up with any errors there. Okay. Uh, we mentioned this uh, last week. Know the opponent's system weakness yes. and who their weakest defenders are. Yes. Okay. Yes. So if they have a setter who we know takes off and doesn't like to play defense, then we're going to hit every ball to right back. Yeah. Okay. We don't Makes need to do anything else. Yeah. Uh, hey, how about if the, when the middle blocker serves? Do we always know if the middle blocker serves is playing left back for the libero? Do we know that? Yeah, no, and take it. If it right, yeah. we take it. <laughs> yeah. Yep, maybe set on the right side and lift it. Yeah. Are they going to get it? Uh, uh, attack from different locations on the net. This is oh, I huge. This I just think yeah. everybody attacks on the left. Every team, no matter what level, the best thing that every team defends is the left. Absolutely. It's very rare that a team will defend the right or the middle better than the left. So set the middle and the right more you can up your efficiency yep. by just making that simple change i like that i think that's a great point uh use speed and this is really the last one on my list is use speed because mm -hmm. i think you can do it and just setting you know rather than high balls to the outside and low levels hey set a two in the middle it's a little quicker teams you know have to adjust more how many people are going to block in the middle are, is there defense coordinated there when you start speeding things up and just lowering sets a little bit? I love it. And even if you set the one and just start with tipping. So cool. Okay. No, I love it. I love it. Third part from, we go philosophy, tactics. Third part is actual training. Okay. And the training for me, you know, hit the ball over the net. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. We talk about three planes. Under the net, the net, over the net. The biggest one's over the net. Hit it in that plane yes. every time. Yes. No errors yes. in the net. Okay. And we work on shape and spin every day in practice. So We cute. talked about this. Teach the lift tip. They don't allow it on the beach for a reason. Yep. It's an advantage. So you should be able to use it. It can help your efficiency. I like that. Use the middle of the court, especially when the set's bad. Hey, put the ball in the middle of the court. If you miss by 10 feet any direction except down, you're still gonna hit it in. You're not gonna make errors. Right. Use the middle of the court. And oftentimes, you're gonna create some confusion in the other team, whose ball is that, when it's dead center in the middle of the court. I like that. Uh, approach hard, jump hard, with a big double arm lift every time. Okay. Even if you are hitting off speed. Can you still approach hard, jump hard, with a big double arm lift? I like that. Tool the block with heat. You talked yes. about this last time. Yes. Uh, and we have a measurement for that. And I think we talked about this last time we talked about tooling, that is for every error, the, if you hit a ball out of bounds, for every ball you hit out, you have to at least be stuffed once. Like so that. if you have five errors, you can't have four hit out and get stuffed once. Right. You have to be, no, your stuffs have to be more. You have to have three. Otherwise you're not challenging the block enough. So we have a, a metric we can use for that. That's really cool too. And then uh, if we're going to tool the block, we have to make coverage a priority. So that has to be trained too. So mm -hmm. coverage from self-coverage to every player covering. And then the last one is the one you talked about last time, and that is uh, attack with range. Yes. And so can you hit the ball to different, you know, 
uh, different parts of the of the court I consistently. So we do all those things, and we think we can raise our team's attacking efficiency. I like and I think it has great benefit to, to, to wins and losses. So cool. I got two small ones. Cool. Well, two other cool ones, I think. I like it. One, stretch the pocket. So stretch the definition of what a good pass is. And by that, I mean not stretch, meaning you can pass it there and that's fine. You can pass it there and we're still in three hitter. Right. We can still I run like our middle. That. We can I still love run that. Right that. Yes. I love that because I think the middle, especially if you're running quick and we're trying to run quick now, we're more successful out of the pocket. Yes. Yes. Pocket moves. You get a little action. Yep. You get some scores. Yep. And then the other one I would say is use the over on one and two a little bit. Ah, you know, we call that shooters. We've been practicing that in practice. It's kind I of like cool. it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was on my list. I was actually, I thought about it. I had one and two, I didn't have that. Setter dump is an easy one. I would, we don't have the setter. Setter's got to be more offensive. Yeah, I like it. It's yeah. really cool. Those are good ones. That's awesome. So All try right. it, guys. So what's next so on, next on the scenario? So today? we got the scenario. So the scenario is do's and don'ts of playoff volleyball. Okay. okay. Play, we talked about this last time. You said you were out scouting. I was out. And you thought about the matches. Uh, do's and don'ts of playoff volleyball. Yes. Playoff and, time. And I think, look, you got to know your team. Right. right, and I'm saying these as do's and don'ts, but these are not black and white. Right, hey, it's stuff to think about. It's stuff to think about. Right. And these are scenarios that I think th- that I saw that maybe didn't work in the favor of the team. So um, let's get let's get into it. So the first one, and this is more from a coaching standpoint. So is okay? a do or don't? This is a do. I'm going to go do. through the do's first. Okay. Okay. What do we do? Um, first, focus on effort and results. Okay, okay? and. It sounds a little bit weird to say focus on results, but I guess what I mean by that is win weird. Like go ahead and win the the dig that you barely don't make, but it trickles over the net and you get the point. Like that's great. Like you made the effort, we got the result. That's awesome. You don't have to be pretty in the playoffs. Right. Hey, it's not gymnastics. It's not gymnastics. It's not gymnastics, <laughs> right? And and I have I think there's this expectation that, oh, we're going to play better. And I think almost always it appears that you're playing worse because you're playing better teams. Right. Right. So it doesn't have to look as good. So that's, that's one. Number two, stay in the present moment as a coach. And I find this one very difficult. And I saw coaches struggle with this one because the, the weight of the, uh, you know, we didn't make that play and they're winning or whatever right. it gets on you and it feels like this load but if you can lighten that load and have this uh, uh, idea that opportunity awaits yep right and uh, even if it's down 2-0 I mean we have seen these matches turn like on a dime yep. and the other team win in five and it can completely happen yep right the so, idea we call it NPF, next point focus. Next point focus. Right. One point, we, okay. it's the next one. That's yeah. the only one we're worried about. Exactly. And offer continued insane belief. Like, no one's ever come back from 24-0, coach. We can do it. You know, We're that team. You know, So keep offering them that. And you may not necessarily say, we can come back 24-0, but you're, you're, you're showing that. Right. right? Uh, three, do help free them from distractions. Okay, and by that I mean playoffs come, distractions creep in. Their expectation of themselves, the crowd gets bigger, their anticipations grow. You can help free them from those and take a little bit off their shoulders 
um, by saying next point focus or hey let's lock in here or directing them to a point of focus versus just letting those distractions creep in right. and I just think there's more in playoffs well naturally. I think yeah I'm, I'll throw something and yeah. kind of remind them I'm a big huddle guy you know yeah. that oh, yeah. Yeah, you go in the huddle and that's that's a time where you you're together yes. and there are no distractions it's just you guys it's not me I'm not it's just you guys and that's the oh, time when hey you wipe it clean come out let's play another great point yeah. go back in Wipe the slate clean, come out, play a great point, and just over and over and over. The best teams that. are able to do that. I love that. My uh, Our old um, mental training coach with our team would say, pick it up and eat it. Pick, oh, okay. pick that bad point up, eat it, that's it. It's, it's done. It. Yeah, you just pick it up and eat it. Yeah. So you ate that bad point, who cares? We're moving yeah. on. Okay. Um, oh, don't dwell. Okay, and again, this goes back to the the uh, availability by uh, uh, and the vividness by, uh, right. bias. Like they just roofed you super hard. The crowd's going really yep. in nuts. Uh, don't dwell on it. It's one point. Look where we're at right now, and focus on what is important, yep. right? And that's that getting this this point where we're on right now. Um, and the momentum switches back and forth so quickly, yeah. you know. Yeah. So uh, don't dwell on points, and I I can be bad at that. It's like. Uh, you know, I know we're better right. than that kind of thing. And that's not important. We need to focus on what is important. Stay present. Next, focus on health and rest as opposed to more reps. Okay. So I really believe that you're going to play your best volleyball if you're healthy and rested. That's probably more important than getting 100 more reps, unless it's something really, really critical. Yeah. Well, we went we went an hour and a half. Usually I'm a, I'm a two-hour guy, you know, and it's just, hey, you get in the playoffs and all of a sudden you have a scout and you have all this list and you go hey we got this was on my list and you know uh we cut it to an hour and a half and we went down for our last half hour and rolled out and stretched and mm-hmm. kids really enjoy it and they feel better yes and i have a tough time giving up that 30 minutes davis but it's <sighs> i know <laughs> i know but i think it's, it's a tough, good trade-off. but it's good no, i think it is a good, good trade-off yeah it's especially good. it's at, good i think yeah. it's you know hey we we just we we got a win out of it so i'm oh, we're doing it again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and then I guess uh, my last two, play a lot of volleyball and limit your drills, okay? So you don't want to be doing, you know, a ton of butterfly or something. I think you need to be playing a bunch of six on six, especially situations. Yep. Um, I think that should be happening. And then I put flipped practice, question mark. Like maybe you start off with a game right at the very beginning of practice. You know, I think a lot of times... Dunning's big into that. Yeah. He's saying, hey, the idea that you come in all the time and... If you practice and you don't play for the first, you know, hour and a half all the time, and then you get to a match and you warm up for twenty minutes and play, it's like, wait a minute, yeah. are is, are you getting prepared? Right, they need to be prepared from from moment one. Right. So when they're walking in the gym, you know, it's game time. So yeah. I like flipping the practice if you are going to do drills, and I would say you probably don't even really need to do any sort of static drills if you're doing some game like drills. My, you know, I'm a big game like guy. I especially at that time, I think it's important, and then. Continue, continue improving. I know you're big on this, right? Yep. Um, but you're not going to be getting a million reps, so can you notice situations, right? So it's not going to be a ton of, you know, can you jump four inches higher? It's going to be awareness type stuff. So that's the do's that I wrote down. Okay. okay. How about the don'ts? So the don'ts. Don't worry about playing great. I know it sounds kind of uh, counterintuitive, but coaches worry about playing great versus getting the win. Like, get the win... And who cares if you play great? Instead, focus on playing alert and aggressive, 
right? Instead of being clean, although you obviously want to be clean, you want to be alert and aggressive. So the other teams are going to make you look bad at times when you play evenly matched teams. Yep. So, so continue playing um, and just play alert and aggressive and keep going. Don't pull your best players out too quickly. Nerves can get the best out, uh, even out of our great players, right? Yep. So I think uh, what I saw was coaches pulling them too quickly when that's still your best option. And my thought is the, the reserve will probably have more nerves than the starter, and right? So you're probably just perpetuating the problem and kind of pushing it down the line. Interesting. I like, I like that one. I have, uh, I, with our players, I have, they have a very long leash. Okay. Subs yes. don't like it a lot, but right. <laughs> yes. But, well, but hey, they're the ones that have shown it through the year and in practice. So it's like, hey. Yeah. Yeah. I just got to go with uh, the numbers. If it gets real bad, you got to sometimes then you got to do something. But I, I I agree with that one. Yeah. Right. And then don't allow for poor body language. Body language speaks volumes, and it is such a distraction at that point. Now it's probably too late if you're already in that point and they're having bad body language, but yep. but it's I'm not gonna allow for that in the playoffs. I'm not gonna allow for it really anytime, but if I'm seeing it in the playoffs that may be something that they could come out for and I talk to them because it's such a distraction. Um don't micromanage your players. You want them to fly and I don't mean fly, I mean flying around like trusting their instincts. Yep. Right. And if we're telling them a ton of stuff where it's it's holding them back. It's making them make conscious decisions versus subconscious. Right. They just got to play. They just got to You know, we talk about scouting reports and, hey, take that information. You're going to remind each other before the play starts. But once the play starts, just play volleyball. Get after it. Exactly. Hey, don't let the ball hit on our side. Make it hit on the other side. Keep Let's get after it. Here exactly. we go. And, and that brings me to the last one I have for it. Don't, don't put in a bunch of new stuff. Okay? But... A wrinkle here and there can can be really timely okay. for the playoffs. So I don't think you revamp your system, but I think if you have one or two little things you can do, like you know maybe when the setter digs, we want you to dump you know uh, one out of five. We times just such a set, we just like did a we just changed our row one where we're having uh, you know Audrey. Yeah. You know how athletic she oh, is. Oh yeah. So she's running around the she's running All around the, the campfire, around. yeah, okay, to the yeah. right side, and we go fast, so yeah. you got to get over there. You know? so. That's awesome. So just a bunch of so stuff for the stuff scenario. Like, I mean, and they like it because it's so it's kind of novel for them too. Right. It's just it's not big. It's a little wrinkle. Yeah. It's like hey, we we'll do something. And we get our left back on the left side and. Uh, so no, I, I like it. Some cool stuff to think about. Now, yep. this doesn't do it, but this is some stuff that I think could add to your chances and hopefully help you win some more games in the playoffs. Yeah, I like, so. I like it. I like it. Right I on. got. Uh, I'll add one thing to okay. it, and that is, can you as a coach ease the burden on them? And what are all the ways you do that? And you mentioned that kind of briefly, distractions yeah, yeah, the distractions. And I'm always saying, hey, you know, I think winning, uh, you know, can we get them focused? Like the other night, you know, we're playing a team. It's a little bigger, faster, stronger than us. And we come out, win one, get beat in the second. Now we're in a dogfight in the third. And... Uh, Hey, we're just we're just trying to get a little bit better every point, and we're trying to play a little bit more together every point. And like can we that. do that over and over? And then, however that goes, if we say at the end, hey, we're we got a little better, and we got a little more together, we're gonna be happy, 
score is going to work out on its own. Like Can the, we take the burden of that? Oh, we got to win. Oh, we didn't win. Oh, you know, and right. just say, hey, these are the things we can control. Hey, let's get a little better. Yes. Let's be a little more together. I love and it. And so trying to take that, the weight off them, something bad happened. It's like, hey, listen, that happened. You guys, we just haven't worked on it enough. It's my fault. Yeah. We'll get it next time. Here we go. Can I take that pressure and going, hey, you guys weren't prepared on that. Hey, they're doing this. They're scoring here. Hey, that's on me. We didn't prepare for that. Right. We didn't prepare for that. So let's let's see if we can do a little bit better now in this next set. And hey, that, that's on me. It's not on you guys. You guys are doing fine. So I like that. Can, uh, any way to kind of relieve that playoff pressure. Yes. And, and I think winning and losing is one of the biggest distractions. Oh, yeah. Right? So can you relieve that from their mind? And we're not concerned with winning or losing. We're concerned with, like you said, getting closer. Well, but hey, we're trying to win. We're trying to win. Yeah, we're but trying to win. And at the I, time, I we're think, not, that's not our focus. Right, yes. right. Yeah, in and, the immediate. Right. And the idea that, hey, you know, good teams deal with adversity. And yeah. we have adversity now. It's a playoff. We're going to face adversity. That's what the playoffs are about. Yeah, absolutely. And, so, hey, it's good. This is what yes. we want, right? I always find myself yelling, this is fun. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah, this and it's like, this is what we want. We don't want yep. these games where no one's so watching you. Like, yeah. Yeah, how, how you're framing that yes. to take pressure off those the kids. So Super that's good. Cool. Right on. All right. So we're on to the videos. The videos. The videos okay. skill. Well, the cool thing about the AOC website is they just have so much information. And I'm going to start with, uh, there was a blog. Seven common hitting approach errors and how to fix them. Oh, okay. That's so point. some. Uh, so we're talking about you know hitting efficiency and I think approach that changing that size of steps. Uh, you know, looking at you know tracking the setter, uh, adjusting your feet beforehand. There are a whole ton of things to to look at there. So cool blog and actually there's a, a great little video embedded in the blog got Terry doing a thing on attacking approach okay. so that was the first one second one is a guy we talked about a couple episodes ago uh, a friend of ours Nabil oh yeah and Nabil has Go won five shots every great hitter should master oh I like that okay so he has his five for outside hitter and it's a it's very cool it's a short too nice. short goes okay. through the five demos them it's cool and then the last one is Luca. Luca okay. uh, Slavidi, uh, ex-national uh, team assistant coach who is now at North Carolina State. And his, what hitters can do when you're stuck using your toolbox. I saw this one. I love this so, one. Super those are cool. the three. Right on. Awesome. Which takes us to? Takes us to the resource. And I honestly think this is one of the most unique resources we've talked on, about on here. Okay. We've talked about books and podcasts and motivational okay. stuff and stuff on Instagram. What we have not talked about as a resource is shoes. Shoes. I just bought the most expensive pair of shoes I've ever bought. $400. Oh, my gosh. And the reason I bought them is because these shoes were banned by the NBA for being too performance enhancing. It was the first shoe banned by the NBA. Wow. And they, that What's was- What's the name? It's, it's APL, Athletic Propulsion Labs. And they literally created They got little shoes. rocket launchers in them? What <laughs> they, they have? They literally have springs in there. Oh. So you can jump 
basically four inches higher with these shoes. Wow. So they are not banned in SCVA. Wow. I don't, you can argue the ethics, <laughs> right? Uh, it is performance enhancing, but um, it, it works. It does work. Wow. It's incredible. I bought a pair, not because I need to jump four inches higher, because that would be four inches total for me, <laughs> but I bought them just because I'm a collector. But they are absolutely a fascinating shoe. They really do work. And if you want to jump just a little bit, well, four inches is pretty significant for some That's kids. Big time. Yeah. Four is a lot. That's a lot. So um, the the technology is incredible. Um, you're, I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're a young high school girl jumping in the twenties, I mean, that's you know, 15%, fifteen percent, fifteen twenty percent. Increase. It's pretty with incredible. With just putting on a pair of shoes. Yeah, they're basketball shoes, but they have a whole a whole line. But the, the basketball shoes are the ones that make you jump higher. They have great, you know, uh, calf support. They have, like, a sleeve that goes up the oh, whole way. Wow. They're, they're an incredible shoe. And um, I found about out about them randomly. And when I heard that they were banned by the NBA, it was the, like... Normally, shoes getting approved is just a formality. Yep. And they passed them to the NBA, and they, they never got back to them for a long time. <laughs> and then they're like, no, you can't use these. And that was years ago, but now they're back, and they're selling them to sort of, you know, not people that are going in the NBA, obviously, but to others. And I think it's super cool. So you can check it out. We'll put the link to where you can, uh, you can grab those, or if you just want to check them out, we'll put those links in the show notes. Awesome. As well as the videos. And uh, we had a great episode this time. So... We had our scenario, uh, the do's and don'ts of playoffs. Yep. We had our skill increasing offensive efficiency yep. for your attacking team, efficiency. Attacking yep. efficiency. And we obviously have the videos, and we have the athletic propulsion. I got to check out those shoes. I got to check out the shoes, crazy. Davis. They're pretty crazy looking, but they are not. <laughs> I think they're a beautiful shoe, too. Okay. I really do. I got to check. You, you so. got to bring them in. You got to bring them in. You got to wear them next time. I want to <laughs> see will. them. will, yes. Sounds we got to put them on camera. Exactly. <laughs> well, right on. What a great episode. Thanks so Thanks, much. Thanks, Davis. It was fun. Have a good one. See ya.